Hi, this is Buzz Burbank, and I never listen to None Taken. Uh, Alan, I have a question. Mm. Um, do tell. Do did did. Dude. Do do you know what Nova Scotia? What no, Alan? Do you know what Nova Scotia is? Have you heard of this? It's a place. Yes, I've it's heard of place. it. It's uh, the very eastern eastern tip of uh, oh, of Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Nova Close Scotia. to Russia. Uh, no, a wrong way. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's north. I suppose. Well, Alan. Anyways, <laughs> it's starting it, off you know. like shit. <laughs> um, do you know what Nova Scotia is named after? I don't. I I know Nova Scotia because it's in a Flogging Molly song I really like. Okay. Um, but but look uh, at the no, words. He uh, just said uh, um, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, what are you I talking about? Now Halifax? I can't. You put me on the spot. I can't remember it now. But yeah. I, I love Flogging Molly, and there, that's in the. Were song, they talking so. about the Halifax Harbor and the ship yes. that exploded? Yeah. Well, no, not that. But <laughs> oh, yes, okay. they were talking about the Halifax. Um, you, Alan, look at the name Nova Scotia. Take a guess. New, huh? new Supreme Court. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're done. It's Latin for New Scotland. Oh, that's kind of neat, that's, right? That's interesting. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. I would not have guessed that either. I, I learned that, and I thought it was um, appropriate. Anyway, speaking of Latin, random fun fact. Yeah, speaking of Latin, let's play this uh, audio I have here. Have you heard about? Have you heard about the Pope, Alan? I have heard about the Meanwhile, the Pope's festive address focused on his prayers for the pandemic to come to an end. Said, Hold on. Do I need to get Natasha in here to translate this Australian bullshit? Uh, I think we can manage. All right, so, I mean, let's... so the Pope said something. Meanwhile, the Pope's festive address focused on his prayers for the pandemic to come to an end. He said vaccines should be made available to those most in need. His death was announced. Uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. What? What? Wrong press release. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Just, you know, on live television, just said the Pope died. You know, no big deal. <laughs> Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. All right, you ready? I am ready. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome. To none taken. The internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Alan, two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band for the use of their song Ways and Means for intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording, it's Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. It's a great day for America. <laughs> I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And Alan is in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are here recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. Please subscribe right now wherever you're listening to this. Please leave us a five-star review. Be sure to tell all your friends about us. You can find None Taken on Instagram, Twitter, and of course our None Taken Facebook Superfans group. Remember, first show's free. After that, search for None Taken on Venmo and chip in what you think is fair. We're building the billboard. I keep saying building it. Alan, what is up? <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas. I hope you all had a, a nice holiday weekend. I know I did. Um, I actually got to hang out with my roommate um, on Saturday for, for Christmas. He, he made us a nice little dinner. Um, and we don't, like, interact all that much. Um, you know, I, I'm doing my thing. He's doing his. Um, but uh, it was nice to hang out with him. He's a very interesting dude. He's 81 years old. And he's, I forget uh, that. I always forget yeah. that part. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, he, he was a professor for most of his life. He taught all over the world in Africa and France. He'll start stories saying, like, you know, the second time I lived in Paris, I had this lovely apartment. And you're like, bitch. wait, the sec- second time? What the <laughs> Why does it fuck? make me angry? I shouldn't be angry. I'm happy for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's led quite a life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he'll also say things like, um, you know, this one time I was traveling through Africa, 
have you ever seen an elephant fuck? And I'm like, uh, no, you no, know what? that's I... really a lot better than most 81 year olds say that oh, you say there he's... you go. You know what these 81 year olds say? Yeah, it's just their generation. <laughs> no, he's great. He's great. So we had a, we had a very nice time. Dinner was lovely. Um, probably drank a little too much red wine dude i i can't drink wine anymore really? i think it's the sugar or something yeah. but like man it messes me like we you know it wasn't that much but uh-huh. man it, i wasn't feeling so great the next day but like <clears throat> old ladies drink wine i know but i, I don't oh, clearly I got it. like okay, gotcha. I, I i'd be fine if it was like vodka or bourbon did or you take too much but... time off or i mean we we always used to no. drink wine i i haven't drank a lot of red wine recently yeah. Yeah, to I, be I'll fair, like, I always just drink it like with Natasha, like if she's having. I'll drink like a yeah. glass, and that's yeah. about all that's I want. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't often have like a bottle of wine anymore. Yeah, yeah switch to something else. Yeah. After, yeah. anyways, just so a, that happened. Just, just a bottle of wine. <laughs> just, just a bottle, of, just, just a bottle, bottle of wine. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, that was that's kind of my personal life for the week. I, I do want to quick shout out, say thank you to our, our listeners, uh, even though it was a holiday week. Uh, our downloads were still up, so we appreciate that. You guys are staying on board with us and giving us a listen even through the through the holiday season, so that's very cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I we're both podcast listeners as well. I mean, that's why yeah. we're doing this, and uh, as I like to say, I listen to 14 hours of podcast a day, so you don't have to. That's what this <laughs> show is about. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I a lot of my go-to shows that I always listen to just weren't there all this week and yeah. a lot of last week and you know we were like well why would we take the week off let's just put some shows out and part of me was afraid we'd do that and people would be just like la 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 I'm not listening right and <laughs> man you guys are great you guys are great we're our, our number our number is exactly the same which means like I mean I don't Y'all know about you I, I don't I'm not listening to as many of my podcasts this week just mm-hmm. because I've had different time off and um you know, so I've chosen not to listen to some, and they're not doing that to us. So thanks, guys. We <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. it. All right, that's enough of that. Um, I've got <laughs> another. Oh wait, no, my life. I had Christmas yes. too. I also had Christmas, Alan. Uh, so you, on, wow. on Christmas Steve, we went out. Uh, we opened up a present. We opened up one present each. Uh, Natasha got her boots that I got her, and she got me a it like the, the best word to describe it is a beautiful Western shirt. You know that brand H Bar C. Just say yes, and we'll move on. They, uh, it's like a vintage reprint of a classic style that has just like some psychedelic colors on it, but it looks very. Um, uh, it doesn't look ultra modern. It just looks so awesome. It's a great shirt. So very we, cool. Well, I we we dressed up and went out for Christmas Steve, and we went to <laughs> our first tiki bar we wanted to go to, and they were closed. We're like, all right, I get it. We go to the next one. They were closed. We're like, all right, well, there's this lounge we like. Let's go to that. They were closed. Finally, we're just like, well, let's drive to where like all the streets intersect. There's a place called Five Points. And it was like, there's a bunch of bars right there. If one's open, we'll just go in. And we go to one we like called Duke's. Um, and it was fine, but we were really overdressed. Like, oh, man. We even thought about going down Broadway and all those places were closed. It was nuts. I mean, I get it. It's Nashville. It's Christmas Eve. You're supposed to sure. be in church. But usually there's some bars open right? for that. Where, where yeah. are the degenerates There were plenty open out here. Yeah. Well, I'm used to that, too. Well, I know Dukes will be open. Um, right. So it was fun. I wouldn't have been that dressed up, but it was it was a good time. Christmas cool. Day, we got up and drove an hour and like 15 minutes east from here towards the Smokies, not quite into the Smokies, to a city called Sparta. And there's something there called uh, Burgess Falls. And it's just fucking beautiful. It's 450 million years back in time because of the cut through the limestone. Oh, wow. It's just awesome, man. Like it's. I saw the pictures. Of, it's unbelievable. Absolutely gorgeous. It's just yeah. a massive waterfall. And you're like, what the heck? Um, That's really it, cool. It was a really cool Christmas Day hike. There weren't a lot of people there. Um, it's, we don't have any family out here. We moved seven states away from our family, so <laughs> we don't have to. Um, right. Then for Boxing Day, because mm. Ozzy here, we went to a friend's house to watch football. Or so I cool. thought. Mm-hmm. We you went, there, actually went to box. No, we went there and they were fucking watching soccer. <laughs> and they, hey, there were some good matches. Yeah, but they have the, the goddamn nerve to call it football. You know the story, right? Like the the English called it soccer to start with, and they invented the actual like organized sport. Everyone kicked a ball around, but they like right. put names to it and called it soccer. Distributed that back out to the world through their fucking conquest and bullshit. And mm. then once it comes, it gets called football by everyone else, they have the fucking nerve to act like Americans are stupid for calling it soccer. It's their <laughs> word. It's short for association er. It was like this thing to, you, if you wanted to play rugby, you'd call it rugger. And association football was called a, 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 a soci- 
the so a, so, a soccer soccer do you see that ah that, okay that. okay i actually did not know all that history right. i do know that like I, I have some english friends in my circle and i do know that they've told me like that their dads just called it soccer like from the older generation you right? know what it occurs to me that this was supposed to be a short episode and we're already <laughs> this far into it so i do not waste time about the history of soccer yes. uh, i have a funny audio clip to start this week's show with uh we will call it, uh, yeah, let's call this first section just funny clips. I don't know what else to say, but here, you know about Joel Osteen. He's the guy with all of the, uh, let me pause this. Joel Osteen, the guy with all of the uh, mega churches. I think it's like 20,000 people go to that church or something. Yeah, in Texas. I yeah, think, in yeah. Houston area. Yeah. Uh, locked it up during a Hurricane Harvey because he's like, guys, we're flooded too. Why would we, you don't want to go in there. It's gross. <laughs> uh, so this guy right. met him and he was taking a selfie with him. You with Joel Osteen? Hey man, you know you're a piece of shit, right? <laughs> you know, right? Right? Come on, yeah, you know. Yeah, he's, he's just standing there doing the selfie pose, and he goes, "Hey, you know you're a piece of shit, though, right?" That's awesome. I, I like. That. I love that kind yeah. of thing. I know, and you know, we're, you know, hey, speaking of people that we uh, are, are surely, surely belong in hell. Legendary football coach John Madden died today. Belong in hell? What the? He coached the Raiders. I, I don't mean that. Oh, like I'm not okay. spitting on his grave. Take Jeez. this. Like, okay. He, Alan, he killed people with his turduckins. Okay. How many? <laughs> how many Americans would still be alive if it weren't for him popularizing this? <laughs> so I, I asked Alan what his favorite clip of John Madden was, and he said it's got to be like 2002, him and Pat Summerall, uh, and John Madden just not talking about football and just obsessing over yes. the turkey. Of course. With, uh, what's a turducken, Alan? I mean, should, like we, should a, we listen to him talk? No. What's a turducken? Yeah. It's a it's a very special Christmas treat or our, our holiday <laughs> treat for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's like a duck inside of a turkey inside of another with thing. A chicken like, inside it, both. Right. It's yeah. just like three birds stuffed into each other. So here's a little nostalgia in case you forgot what 2002 sounded like on television. Thanksgiving brought to you by Budweiser, brewed fresh in America. Touchstone Pictures, the hot chick coming soon to theaters everywhere. Starring Rob Schneider. <laughs> Radio Shack. Oh, Chrysler. Hey, Chrysler's still around. Mm. John, you're going to be home for Thanksgiving. I can't I believe it. I know where I'm going to be on Thanksgiving. I just wonder where those turkeys are going to be. I'm going to have crazy turducken. But anyway, anyway, here's how you slice it. See, a lot of people don't know. You have to slice it down. So he's the using the telestrator. And then you slice it across. He's diagramming this way. on a picture of because a turducken it is, it's a, how you cut it's it. A <laughs> There's a football game going on. Duck like you can hear the football game in the background. Right. The chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey, dressing, duck, <clears throat> dressing, chicken. <laughs> He has dressing between each layer. He has dressing between each layer. Of course. Why wouldn't you? A foul crossbreed. But it's not. Well, it's just three different things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really five different things. It's a a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressing. (laughs) And are you going to have one on on your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have one. I have to bring it, though. But (laughs) they just brought one into the studio. He's like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. My favorite part about this clip is he starts to diagram with his hands how you're supposed to cut it, but he, then he starts just putting his hands into it and tearing it apart with his hands and reaching into it while he's broadcasting a football game. There's just pieces of chicken and turkey and duck everywhere right now, and imagine how greasy his fingers are. Have you touched duck? Like it's so oh, it's greasy. greasy. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Uh, the first time so, I ever had one of these, I, I, I ate it with my fingers. <laughs> I miss the guy. Like I, He hasn't been on the air for a while, and I've, I'm lighthearted. You, you don't turn to an Indian Untaken to get offended, okay? I don't think he deserves to go to hell. I don't even believe in hell. I, so, I, so first of all, that was Al Michaels he was with, not that's Pat right, Summerall. That's right. Um, he, he did have a huge, long uh, career with, with uh, Pat Summerall. I think the reason that clip kind of like jumped to my mind when I thought about him was because... He often just would go off on tangents when he was yeah. when he was calling games, and so towards the end of his career, he just kind of leaned into that, and I yeah. think that's what he was really doing yeah. there was just like really like not even paying attention to the fact that there was a football yeah. game happening. He's like, "You cancel my but, contract? It's fine. I don't care." Right, <laughs> but he could do that because he could be entertaining no matter what he was talking he was. about. Like, he was. and that so tuning into you know those games that was like event television. It wasn't about the game necessarily. It was about 
those guys, those broadcasters, oh, yeah. him Nobody cares about the Browns versus like the Dolphins. No. Like, yeah. But <laughs> no, it, it was you need to hear those yeah, guys yeah, talk, yeah. him yeah. specifically. Uh, yeah. So he was, to me, like, a pretty, like a broadcasting luminary. I, um, and towards the end of his career, as much as we liked him, or as much as yeah. we make fun of him for that, we also, we did appreciate his talent. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, I mean, we talked about Dickie V. Uh, not not passing Jesus, uh, but but returning to broadcasting a couple weeks back, he's similar to me. That you know, it kind is, of belongs yeah. in that same pantheon. Someone that became uh, a parody of themselves, right? Yeah. Right. But uh, but so Legendary. so fun to watch. Yeah. Just so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he will be missed. And the not to mention the video game that was he designed the video game. He didn't fucking design the video game, but he wanted a video game to like simulate instead of watching film, and that's pretty revolutionary because that's kind of what we have now. I yeah, don't play and I, that game, I but, bet you know. I bet a lot of kids that play that game today don't even know who he really right? who he was. Yeah. Uh, they just know, oh, Madden, that's the Madden, video game. Right. But yeah, that was definitely an aspect of it too. Well, um, towards the end of the show, I have some sort of uh, isn't that something topics to play. But mm. let's go into uh, let's stay a little lighthearted and do our how about that segment. So uh, this was going to be in here anyways. This is like coincidentally that we're already talking about John Madden and something related <laughs> to football. Uh, mm-hmm. But Natasha's had this thing that she keeps pointing out while we watch college football all year that all of the um, like all the announcers like don't realize how many like homoerotic words and phrases are in football. <laughs> and she's like, uh-huh. you don't notice it. I'm like, well, like, yeah, like in fifth grade, you laugh at tight end and wide receiver, but then you get over it and then you learn about Then you say sack and that's funny. And that gets you through middle <laughs> school. But then it's just sure. like in your head, you don't think about it. But she pointed out all these other things that they've been saying. And now I can't help but notice it. So the first clip was audio that I started pulling. And then I saw something on Instagram where there was like a mashup where they're saying, come on, now these guys are just doing it on purpose. But (laughs) here's one I noticed. And he gets popped on the 35 by Chad Muma. And that's the first time we've seen the crab package. So that's what they call this package, and there are all kinds of shenanigans that are going to come out of that package before the day's out. I do, I do. What's your, I, I what's like, your choice? I like it this guy is no John Madden. Okay, I don't have to hear the rest. Yeah, of right. Um, Lots of shenanigans coming out of those packages. Though. Yeah, well, that crab package, Alan. Yeah. Spines has been coming all night long, but then he pulls out, and and it's just hard. It's been a while since he's seen a hole that big. <laughs> he almost didn't know what to do. It, it doesn't help that, like, even when that happened, the guy on screen's last name was Queen. That's that's an hilarious. outdated phrase, but I mean, Jesus Christ, guys! <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving after making homophobic re- re- statements. Um, <laughs> so, I think this is like uh, Jimmy Kimmel or something, where mm-hmm. they do the man on the street, and it's oh, just yes. dumb people. Um, here, let me fix the audio, and then I'll come back to it. Okay. Do you have? Okay, I'm gonna come back. It'll start up. Um, so this is fun with passwords, we'll call it. We're talking about cybersecurity today and how safe people's passwords are. What is one of your online passwords currently? It is my dog's name and the year I graduated from high school. Oh, what kind of dog do you have? I have a Chihuahua Papillon. And what's its name? Jameson. Jameson. And where'd you go to school? Um, I went to school back in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. What school? Uh, Hempfield Area Senior High School. Oh, when did you graduate? In 2009. Oh, great. <laughs> Just give out her password on live television. Great. Yeah, perfect. Um, Elon Musk was on... Dude, I we need to just ask, apparently. He was on... You know the unfunny humor website called The Babylon Bee? I'm aware of it, yes. So, I... Like, every, like, 100th headline they put out, it's actually kind of funny. Like, mm. they just... They... I don't know if it's... They, they, they state the obvious or... What is it? Like they they're, they're like so not fucking the close. Right. They, yeah, they're like they're, yeah, they're like definitely not the onion is their is their byline. <laughs> right. The, uh so Elon Musk was on their podcast. Didn't even know they had a podcast. I, but. Right. All of these things are new to me. Uh sure. again, like I said, apparently all we have to do is ask. The company is just literally a group of people. So do we have to close to... down or can we stay open? <laughs> I, mean, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of companies out there that probably should just be disbanded yeah. um, because they, they don't make uh, compelling products and services. You could be on CNN right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> John Lennon. A real news organization. Yeah. yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, unfortunately, I just you know, haven't, um, you know, I guess... Uh, 
you know, what, what was it you said the the requirement for being a CNN job at CNN is uh, yeah. are you are you a pervert? Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not perverted enough. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I don't know. So what he's referring to was a Babylon B not funny headline where it says like the jobs qualifications to work at CNN. Are you a pervert? Yes, no, you're hired. Mm, and it's like right. again, like it's not like that's not a high quality meme. And no, yeah. not even close. <laughs> Because, like, one thing I like about The Onion is, like, they they can make fun of things that I cherish, and I'm like, good one. Yeah, and, like, yeah, with Babylon sure. B, it's like, okay, that's not funny, and if I like that thing, you just look like a dick. Like, I don't right, know. Right, right, right. I, I just, my mind boggles at the fact that that's a real recording, and I skipped ahead through a lot of the first part of that. It's like a minute and a half of the guys just, like, standing around just being like, why are you... <laughs> Uh, Why are you even talking to us? Laughing, and then he chuckles, and they go, <laughs> and like, right. yeah, it's just, uh, let's um, go back to things that actually make us laugh. Uh, I'll talk about it on our Friday show, but I watched the Spider-Man No Way Home movie, and cool. I just found some old press presser where he's got he's getting a little loose with it. Tom Tom Holland, um, I think it's like a Spanish speaking interviewer, or maybe it's a Spanish network, and he's trying to say he doesn't need a translator he's trying to say that he can he can speak a little bit of spanish or he understands spanish mm-hmm. and they throw a couple phrases at him and here's his i understand spanish to a certain level what's your name 21 cuantos años tienes london all right so the first one is qual es tu nombre which alan what's your name and the second was cuantos años tienes <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> okay. I understand Spanish to a certain level. What's your name? 21. How many years London? <laughs> I like that guy. I like that long. guy too. I really hope he doesn't get me tooed or just turn out to be like on Fuck Island with all those other I don't, guys. Like, man, I, that would be would, super disappointing. Uh, I, he's a child star. I don't want to go back I do to like that. the guy. So thanks I for do moving. like the keeping guy. Keeping it moving. You're keeping it moving. Good idea. Yeah. Do you want to make fun of the right or the left? We're getting into politics. Oh, well, let's start with the right, of you course. start with the right? Okay. Sure. Um, then... Our favorite president was on um, <laughs> our favorite news host. Uh, tech bro. Yeah. Te- uh, sorry. Former president, twice impeached former president, current tech bro, Donald Trump, sat down with uh, Candace Owens to talk about, I honestly, I don't know. I, I'm playing this for the same clip that everybody's playing it for, uh, mm-hmm. the vaccine topic. So vaccines came up. Um, she did a great job of talking over him. We did it less. We did it less than- she, she did a great job of talking over him as he started to answer her question so that she could continue the question she wanted to say, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'm going to play a little too much of her and then him, and then we'll talk about that. Okay. Oh. Vaccine now. I know it was you one of the, the greatest achievements. We did it 100%. in less than nine months. And to be able to do that. Yeah, but where, but now it's taken years. a twist, right? It's, it's gotten, now we went from, this is a good thing and people should have this option mm-hmm. to military men, you're going to have to resign yeah. because you're, you're not getting this vaccine. Where do you stand yeah. on that? Well, I stand on, forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom. But yeah. at the same time, the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. We would have had a 1917 Remember the Spanish flu killed perhaps a hundred million people. It's his favorite Actually, year. it ended the First World War because so- Hold on, it's not the hold. You know what? I know the answer, but hold on. Hold up, huh? I gotta look this up. No, it's nineteen eighteen. God damn it, he tricked me. This is like, why is he always? That's more than one different. Like we played that last week where he said nineteen seventeen with Bill O'Reilly. He's been saying nineteen seventeen for. Why? years at this point i don't know I, I have no idea why wait was that a thing back when this all started was he doing that then too yes yes he's so been doing that what, forever hold on what's his does he ever explain or how do his no like, as far as i know there's never been an explanation all right well uh, do, do, do you want did we play everything of value on that uh i think so okay I, what, what do you think about it and then we i have a follow-up video we well, do you want to hear her response or do you want to talk more about that first part I, I mean, so I, I've been giving him and his administration credit for the vaccines on this show for years at this point. <laughs> Man, we've been doing the show for years. I know. Almost. That's weird. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, and it's always amazed me that people could 
be rabid supporters of, of everything Trump and still be anti-vax. Like, how does that how does that math work out? Yeah, uh, we're gonna play some responses, including the response of Alex Jones here, and then I'll have I'll have more to say after that. I think. Okay. Well, yeah. this was uh, I I feel. You know, when you expect to hear your heroes, they say never meet your heroes, right, Alan? Mm-hmm. So Candace, she's met her hero a few times, but when he really let her down, she had to make sure that her audience, who thinks differently than that, um, you know, wasn't, you know, doesn't change their opinion of the president. Are good, mm-hmm. and he believes that because he comes from a generation like people. You oftentimes forget like how old Trump is. He comes from a generation. <laughs> Al- like- Alan. Do you often forget how old Trump is? No, okay, I've, I've never either. forgotten. Yeah. It's not as bad as the way I'll never forget that Biden's old, but no, I've never sure. forgotten that Trump is very old. I've seen other people that are older have the exact same perspective. Like they came from a time before TV, before internet, before oh. being able to conduct their independent oh. research. You know? Trump wasn't from before TV. He's practically in Neanderthal. Like, <laughs> like, uh... like, wait, my grandma was alive before TV. <laughs> Trump is not my grandma. Like... No. Okay. And everything that they read in a newspaper it, that was pitched to them, like they believed that that was a reality. And one yeah, of those Trump's things definitely was, that guy. You know, yeah, you know how Trump just believes everything that's said to him, never questions he, it. Especially everything that, that's written in newspapers. He's a big fan, especially about COVID. This yeah. push for vaccines and believing that people were going to die without vaccines. We have to and listen to more of her. So I believe no, I that his so. support of the vaccine is genuine, and it's not based in any corruption. At all. Oh, that's good because we we were worried about that. I mean, I know that's your <laughs> point, but like, like we we think that the corruption part of it is there, and we're upset about it. And that's why we say things like we wish there was more than just the one FDA. Number of solutions to that, not just you know you're fucking like. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's um it's low hanging fruit to make fun of them as well, right? Sure. Okay. I mean, I'm, I, let's play the Alex Jones one. Okay. I think that one is an emergency Christmas Day warning to President Trump. You are either completely ignorant about the so-called vaccine gene therapy that you helped ram through. with. Op- I, 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 he says the so-called vaccine gene therapy, which is funny because. They're the ones that say the gene therapy. No one in like the scientific community actually calls it that. So you don't have to say so-called when you're the one saying like that's the insulting part of it. It's operation warp speed or you're one of the most evil men who has ever lived to push this toxic poison on the public and to attack your constituents when they simply try to save their lives and the lives of others. We're about to lay out the basic incontrovertible facts that what you told Candace Owens just a few days ago is nothing but a raft of dirty lies. And we'll get right to that. But first, (laughs) buy my vitamins. They'll keep your frogs from turning gay. Buy silver liquid, whatever. Anyways, um, so so this is what happens when you when you actively court crazy as your political base like that, like. At some point, because you'll never lose. satisfy your, you'll never be able to satisfy the people that follow you, right? Right. And, At some point, you're going to lose control of it. But if and they're the crazy, thing, they start off. Oh man, yeah, you got a bunch of bandicoots. Like, the thing, the, yeah, the thing you created will eventually eat you. Like, oh, that's, Frankenstein. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's fucking happening here. Um, it's wild, man. This this whole this thing like kind of blew my mind last week. Um, the the it, Alex Jones side of it honestly is not new. He's been no, he's but, been saying things against the president for a while now. But Candace Candace Owens, I think that was pretty unexpected. Pretty, he, what you don't know is he's really old, and old <laughs> right. people are dumb, and they believe anything that you tell them. Sure, <laughs> King they, Christ. you know what, they I put mean, it in newspaper. Did he's I say it much it. differently than her? Like that's what she said, basically. That's what right? she said. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, don't worry. There's another candidate that is potentially on the Republican ticket. I know you're thinking oh. I'm going to say Rhonda. It's not Rhonda Santis. It's Teddy time. Up in 2024. So aside from the terms, uh, what are your thoughts on the field of potential candidates going into 2024? And would you ever consider another run for president? That's Ted Cruz being interviewed by a child. A- absolutely. <laughs> Uh, That's where you announced in, it in a heartbeat. You know, I again, we just need to ask these guys on a podcast. Like he would have announced <laughs> it on the None Taken podcast, and some schmuck would be airing this there. Ran in 2016. Oh, we don't uh, have the to, most no, fun I've ever. Whatever, it's the most fun he's ever had. Married man with children. Just, I don't think that they should hear that. Like, 
the most fun he's ever had where uh let's see he hasn't seen a nipple up close Trump said his father killed Kennedy, and <laughs> what else? Like said his blast. wife was ugly. I think. Yeah, said his it? wife was ugly, and his dad killed Kennedy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the uh, son of Sam. No. What could be more uh, fun than, than that? Like, <laughs> really. Ted Cruz knows how to have a good time. Uh, it's almost as fun as barely beating Beto in a state that any Republican should be able to walk through. All right, now we got to make fun of the left, and I have no problem with that. I'm going to open with this one, Alan. Let's go. Okay, so I tried to hide this from you, but I feel like I've been seeing this everywhere in the last two days, and I think there's just no way you didn't see it. But you know what? Maybe it'd be a good sport. So I don't uh, know what it is, so we'll right. see. Well, Your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that guy? That's our, uh, that's our current president, not tech bro. Slacker. Yes. Um, also just, old. Also old, so you know that means, <laughs> yeah, he just takes the media's word for everything. Actually, that, sure. that part. Okay, I see. I think she's the point. <laughs> Alan, when you put it that way. Um, so mm-hmm. the president was doing like a Merry Christmas thing. People would call in. I don't know what network this was a part of. Maybe C-SPAN, right? And a uh, okay. guy called in. He was talking to him for a while about his daughters. Uh, this caller from Oregon. And um, here, I'll go ahead and just play it around about the middle of it. In bed by and 9 o'clock, you know, and asleep between by 9 that? and 12. Or he doesn't show up. This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. That's right. Go to bed for Santa. Okay. Well, I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, where, are you in Oregon? The poor Jill is just like, God damn it, Joe. Where's your home? He, the guy hung up. Are you in Oregon? Uh, Where's your home? Staring in space. Well, I think we lost him. All right. Okay. Poor Jill, Jill, Fireman, Jill's just walking right past. Ice cream. <laughs> yeah, poor Jill's just like, God damn it, Joe. He just said, fuck you to your face on television. And you said, yeah, fuck me. Which, to be honest, like if I was a politician and I just got but, called out by some pop culture slang slick way of saying fuck you to my face, I would, I, I would only lean into it. I'd be like, yeah, you're right, buddy. Fuck me. Let's go. Like, I, I would, it's the only thing to do, right? I would also 100% lean into it. Yeah, now, that is I the appropriate that response. That's, that's not what he was doing. Because but... that takes a lot of like real quick responses. He was right. definitely staring off into space, you know, New York City firefighter. But uh, <laughs> that, that's a, a call. That's a funny that's clip. Cool. That's a funny clip. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. You yeah. hadn't seen that? I was vaguely aware vaguely of it. Vaguely aware, vaguely aware, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, oh. I guess we have serious things to say about Joe Biden. So let me Ooh, open this one up. Serious. He did an interview with David David Muir. Um, has that guy been around for a long time? Because he looks relatively young. Does he? Did he take over after uh, one of these guys talked about being in a helicopter fight or something? <laughs> Brian Williams. Yeah. Did he take over for Brian Williams? <laughs> Not exactly, okay. but he's been around for a while. He ABC, has. Yes. It, yes. He, I. I. Um, so media sometimes works on me, and it says uh, the most trusted uh, broadcaster voice. voice yeah. Uh, it says that this guy is that that's that's this David Muir. Do, do like am I supposed? Isn't he the guy that held the sheets up to Donald Trump, and Trump said that there's no difference between the pictures or whatever? Oh, I think so. Yeah, okay. that was a meme. That was a yeah. meme. That's right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Right. Yes, well, that was that guy. Uh, he has. Uh, he had a full. I've got you know like a twelve minute interview one on one with President Biden, and mm-hmm. it's condensed down from something much longer. We're not right. doing all twelve minutes. Uh, let's skip to minute nine and this setup and Biden's response. This goes back to last week. We're not going to forget about this uh, Build Back Better bill, bill because they are going to try to do it when we come back from the holiday break. So. Um, you know, there'll be different versions of it or it'll be broke down into pieces. But here's the question. You've met with Senator Joe Manchin a number of times. You invited him to your home in Delaware. He came to the White House a week ago. Uh, then he's on Sunday morning cable and says, I'm a no. Well, look, how how no does that happen? How, how are you not able to close the deal? Well, look, let's talk about what we have done. What? Why don't we, we talk about the fucking question I asked you? legislation than anybody <laughs> in their first year ever, 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 ever. I haven't given up on this. I haven't given up on it. But Senator Manchin's main sticking point, it would appear, is the, the child tax credit. Are you willing to take that out if it means bringing him on board? Well, look, I want to get as much as I can possibly get done, as much as we can possibly get done. I still think 
we'll be able to get a significant amount of what we need to get done done, particularly as the American people figure out what is in this legislation. What? Your head's exploding over like, there. What? Especially as we find out what the fuck's in it. How about we find out? How about you let us know? Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, now I get it. He's not saying well, they're keeping it a secret, but that reminds me of the healthcare thing. Like, Democrats saying shit like that doesn't go over well with independents because we remember healthcare and Nancy Pelosi saying, well, you'll find out what it is once we pass it. Yeah, well, so a couple people things. People don't I think- forget. I know, like, people don't forget that. I think that that answer that he just gave to that question is like the stock Democrat politician answer because I feel like I've heard it. Oh, like you're going to hear a few things like that from Kamala later, probably too. Oh yeah, and I've heard it from I think from Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and all of them. Um, anyways, so there's that. Uh, and the second thing is that the, the whole um, the whole you know if if we could just message better, if people just understood yeah. what we're actually trying to do, they would support us. That they definitely have been. You know that they've been trotting that horse out quite a bit as well, which I think I've said on the show before. I think is partly true, but also there's other things that could be done better. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So I think that's why he it's was an excuse because like the media is literally in your pocket. Like they'll message anything you want, just fucking make it clear. Right, and they're like, well, it's just complicated. That's why, well, it, and it is. Understand. They're a big tent party, man. and like we don't need big tent solutions for things. Uh, as fucking Biden said later, but I'll play that later. <laughs> Those right. responsible should be held accountable. I want to ask January you 6th. about something I asked weeks before the election when we sat down. Uh, you said you would absolutely serve eight years if elected. Do you plan to run for re-election? Yes. But look, I'm a great respecter of fate. Fate has intervened in my life many, many times. If I'm in the health I'm in now, if I'm in good health, then, in fact, I would run again. And if that means... This is good health. <laughs> you know what did you take a pause having read that biography that we did just like when he says fates intervened in my life many times like you think about him losing his wife and kid and just like his son later on yeah, yeah. yeah. no he's I, I think when he says that he means it um i also think that he probably you know he would like to run again in 24 but you know he's just you know he's trusting his life to fate so whatever happens you know that will affect his uh decision then right which makes sense yeah Later on in the interview, uh, David Muir asks, asks the president, um, what if, if Trump runs, how, how will that affect your decision to run? And he was like, don't tempt me. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, if Trump runs, I'm definitely like, he's like, I'm all in, um, which you I know, thought was know, pretty. That's cool. That makes two people that might want to do that again. Like <laughs> literally no one else in America wants to make that choice again. Like don't make it like even more likely yeah, for that to let's... fucking be the case. So he was on. <clears throat> he was like. A Zoom call. He was on a Zoom call with his governors, and I don't know. I can't tell. And I, he, what, I can't remember who this governor is that's talking to him right now. Uh, but he gives him a little bit of praise and sets him up and kind of says, you know, um, at one point, the governor asking him says, you know, what would the federal response be going forward? Something along those lines. Uh-huh. Us the time today to hear from us, but also so that we can hear from you personally about the challenge that we face. So. Uh, Mr. President, the microphone is you. Thank you, President Biden. He said, thank you very much. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it- um, yeah, but this is the same guy that in like October 2020 in his debate with Trump, he basically said, you know, like, I will have these solutions. This is what the federal government will do. Uh, you know, the federal government hasn't been doing enough so far. I mean, he was running for the federal president. Like, the, do, do you see what I mean? Like, I, I don't it's not hard to call politicians um, hypocrites, but uh, that one's pretty fucking annoying. It's basically Trump's no good at this, which I agree. He didn't handle it well, but. Like to sit here now with the, you know, two years later and be like, hey, I'm going to just say the same thing Trump said and expect no one to get mad at me. Also, also, and I'll let you talk, Alan, but um, as a libertarian, (laughs) let them do this. Like, it's totally fine. Just let them do this. Like, I'm hearing a lot of people saying like, oh, Biden just admitted that the states need to do it. Let them let them have an out. Let them have an out. It's totally fine. If that's their way of letting the states solve it, then just shut the fuck up and let them let the states solve it. Like. Yeah. Okay. So I, I believe the governor that was speaking there at the intro of that clip was Asa Hutchinson. Oh, that I guy from Arkansas from, has been trying to walk the line. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And actually, I think he's been pretty reasonable about most of this stuff. He has, but his, um, his half his constituents hate him. Right. Because he's well, and, and so I, I, I guess I would it. point to that and say perhaps that's why Biden said that in that moment. Um, because I don't think Biden believes that there are, the federal uh, government has no role to play here. Uh, you know, I, I definitely don't think that that's at all what he believes i think that he thinks it does have a lot a big role to play um but he also can understand that you know the the, the federal government can just kind of be a support role and get the, the the local state governments what they need and the state governments can do what they have to do and so when he says that there i think it's in context of him trying to support a, a republican governor who um, you know, he he mostly agrees with um, and trying to. So I think that's why he said let's, that. I mean, let's call that call space. what it is. I mean, that was you said it's a governor's conference call, right? Like this is a, yeah. this is a manager's meeting. Sure. Like sure. he basically in a manager's meeting said, I'm not going to be the one that's fixing this. You guys have the power to do that, which really isn't a bad thing to say. And no. like I like exasperatedly <laughs> alluded to. <laughs> um, right. I have no problem with that. I prefer this. Uh, mm-hmm. but to your point, it's not like he's going to follow through with that and be like, okay, hands off states do it. So, I mean, so what role is the federal government playing now that you would rather? Yeah, no, not? that's a good point. No, I just wish that they wouldn't kind of hint at like, well, are we going to start doing these things? Will we? Okay. And, and okay. he's been clear. He was clear in that, uh, it, uh, speech last week that they yeah. aren't going to have uh restricted mandates, but you know, I, I, I kind of feel like they should get rid of like the masks on a plane thing. Um, I didn't include the audio here. There was a woman <laughs> like snakes on a plane, but man. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, you know, I would, I would probably just cause I'm an idiot. I would probably wear a mask while I traveled anyways. Not that everyone who does is an idiot. I'm just saying like, I I'm, I'm a nervous <laughs> person like that. I'd probably just still wear one. Um, but like, I don't think that I would need to, does that make sense? Um, and like, we know about the air change rate inside of an airplane. Like, it, I, I think that one could probably go away. I didn't mean to open that can of worms, but oh. I, I that would be, you asked me what's one thing I, I'd like to see that federally go away or airlines can ask for it, but I just don't like it being a mandate. That's all. Okay. Okay. Um, no federal solution. Can we go back to a little bit more of his cabinet and his cabinet? Here's his vice president, our vice president. Mm. What did I say? Um, I, I don't know how to take this. I'm pretty sure she's threatening me. <laughs> Sorry about the audio. We are determined and we are proud to say, perhaps sometimes with a bit of bravado, that we will be the most pro-labor union administration in America. Are shoulder pads back in? Oh, she likes shoulder pads. Holy shit. I don't, I don't know if they're in. But I, don't know if, I don't know if you've seen this video, but she moves so like, she kind of looks like a puppet, but... Okay. I'm not saying she's a puppet. This isn't conspiracy corner. That comes up later. Um, the... So how is that threatening to you? <laughs> uh... I don't need to answer that question. Wait, I'm thre- <laughs> I don't. I don't think they they need to be the most pro union presidency in history. When you look back at history, and there was presidents that were pro union when unions were like saving the american worker by and large i don't know that in 2020 that's the time when we finally need to have the most pro-union presidents oh i see what yeah. you mean yeah 2021 actually well, but thank you but that's a good point 2022 um, really I, I, like <laughs> the way most of these i think it's not them. all that surprising that they, they said they, it the whole way he's super union he's always yeah it has been always career, yeah for years and years and years i think that's partly to do with the fact that how long he's been a politician he's right an and old they, democrat uh standpoint you think they sure. would have stopped supporting the unions after they killed the uh kennedy um i'm gonna hit this button. and the planet they will inherit we Here's must her... make it clear oh god okay i'll, I'll start it over uh here, i i'm only putting this in here uh here's a bunch of promises that i'm hopeful that they keep some of these we must make it clear Democrats stand for workers' rights. We stand for women's rights. And we believe that the right of a woman to make a decision about her own body is non-negotiable. I like that. I like that so far. So do I. I I wish they did something about that, but it's a nice thing to say. Non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Unless it goes to Supreme Court. (laughs) Democrats stand for voting rights. 
And we are fighting and we will continue to fight to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. You know what's funny about both of those? Mm. They're not in Congress anymore. They've been, they, they got sunk by a torpedo by the Senate. Like they might've put their new names on them. That's something else, but like they tried and they failed. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there are structural reasons that that's happened. And I, you know, we I talked agree, about- but like I, something tells me they're not going to keep going with, it. look, I'm only putting this out there because I, I have a reason I, in my mind at the end of their term, abortion's going to get overturned or Roe versus Wade's going to be overturned and they won't get those voters rights act pushed through. And this is just sounds really good. It's what you're supposed to say, but I don't think they're going to get any of that done. And you're going to say it's the Republicans' faults, but I, you know, the Republicans get their shit through done. <laughs> I am going to say it's the, the Republicans' fault. I am going to say it's Mitch McConnell's fault. I am going to say that, Isn't that uh, I think that don't, I, don't they all I get would the love same? They, see, get, they get paid by the same bank. Yeah, I would love to see um, some more. Uh, uh, some more action here, some, you know, some getting rid of the filibuster, some expanding the Supreme Court, some some of those things that seem a little fringy, I would like to see done. I think well, yeah, that if they, they do be... something like that, they might be able to get these things accomplished, but they won't. So these are all just empty promises. Like I said, I'm only putting that on the show because I think two years from now, like, these it'll just be a good list of things that they said they'd do. And well, run. I hope that you're wrong. But as discussed previously, hope is not a strategy. <laughs> I, I, well put do you feel that senator manchin is playing fair with you i mean he went on television and said no pretty definitively do you remember when you i told you i was going to have a non-answer from her too Uh uh-huh i think the stakes are too high for this to be in any way about any specific individual it's a 50 50 senate though so you need i'm the the exactly (laughs) the stakes are so high I refuse to get caught up in the what might be personal politics when the people who are waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning worried about how they're going to get by could care less about the politics of D.C. So you don't feel betrayed? No, I don't feel, I don't have any personal feelings about this. This is about let's get the job done. Let's talk with families who say, I can't afford to do the basic things that I need to do as a responsible adult, like care for my children, care for my older parents, or afford to get life-saving medication like insulin. Life-saving medication, elder care, um, money Child for care. your kids. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that she says when she asked, when she's asked if she felt betrayed by Joe Manchin. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's annoying. I fucking hate politicians. <laughs> Like, okay, I get it. Those are the things that you're selling this bill on. I guess that's I guess that's two trillion dollars. You list those three things. That's clearly two trillion dollars, right? That's all of it. I can't imagine why half the Senate plus one wouldn't like this. You be more persuasive. Like, I get it, everybody votes on party party lines, but clearly he isn't, so like it's doable. Like somebody got to him, clearly it was money. Fucking put your money out there. Like it, it's just annoying. God, George Soros, stop wasting money on uniform for all these antifas and give it to the senators that'll get this shit passed i i do think that we should be able to find a few republicans to sign on to this stuff like that especially republicans in states where clearly clearly their constituents would benefit from a lot of these things in this bill and um are for it um and the fact that we we do focus so much on mansion and cinema I think is not all that helpful. You well, know, it's like, not like, what about like, the yeah. other 50 guys or, well, or girls. Like what or, about the rest of them? Well, you know? what like, about the other 48 besides those two though? Because sure, like, yeah. like, like Matt Taibbi is always pointing out. It's not just cinema and mansion cinema and mansion are the ones that are willing to put their necks out. There's a lot of Democrats that are Democrats, not leftists. And, the, mm-hmm. and, sure. and to them, a lot of the things in this bill are not like Bill Clinton from the 90s. That type of politician still exists in the Senate. Like those types of oh, yeah. Democrats still exist. Those types of Democrats don't like just like ex, ex, what they would consider extreme left wing ideas. Clinton and they said, have to uh, tolerate them for this. Big and, government's over. Like right, he said right, that. Right, that was his line. Right. So it's not just Cinema and Mansion. Those sure. two are the ones that are taking the heat for it because sure. they're in red states, so it makes them actually look votable still. And mm-hmm. they're not taking this shit that <laughs> that um other dem- I said taking a shit. That like a Democrat <laughs> and I don't think they have one, but like one from Kansas or something might be thinking as well. 
Sure. Right. Well, that's that. Uh, <laughs> should we move on to the media? I don't have any uh, sake this week. Oh, no. Uh, but so we're a sake-themed I show. Know, we'll have to take a break for New Year's. Um, okay. I've been listening to my conspiracy pods again, Alan. Oh, here we go. So it's that No Can't Agenda wait. podcast. So what do you think this conspiracy is going to be about? I, I have, literally have no idea. I don't know. Want to share? Yeah, you read it on 4chan. You ready for it? 4chan. Trump is promoting vaccines okay. because he oh. was always deep state. His entire job was to divide the country, right. then take the blame for the vaccine when people figure out it's horrible, it's which, nice. of course, will ultimately allow Hillary Clinton to swoop in. <laughs> Alan, all the pieces are falling together. Don't you see it? My my brain just exploded a little bit. And why is it always Hillary Clinton swooping in at the end? Know. Like I don't what I don't know the fascination with I, Hillary Clinton. I don't know. I don't so know. Trump was really part of the deep state the whole time, the whole time, and so that he could take the blame for the vaccines uh, and divide the country. I, Alan, it's right in front of your face. Why are you such a sheep? I mean, this is this is what I'm talking about. When you when you court crazy, this, this is what you get. You get crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, <laughs> well, let's get into our. I have a couple other audios. I think I'm just going to skip for the sake of time. Okay. The, the army. Did you know the army is trying to make a COVID vaccine that is effective against all potential variants? I have heard this. Oh, yes. You have? I just heard this. This is something we've been hoping for for a long time. It's scientifically feasible, and that is you create a vaccine that is a pan-coronavirus vaccine. It works against all variants. And what they've done is they've taken a protein and, and 24 different surfaces of that protein. Is that Andy Richter? Um, uh, are similar to different aspects of the coronavirus. So you're getting a lot of different levels of immunity, not just to the spike protein. It's in phase one clinical trials. They just announced the results. So it's about a year away from being out there. That's pretty interesting. It is. It's pretty cool, actually. So this this, um, vaccine, what it's supposed to do is um, just enable your immune system to, like, see it uh and attack it no matter if it's a different version of of the uh coronavirus or not it, yeah it, it still can identify it as as the enemy and attack it yeah yep <laughs> oh this one's hilarious so in xian province did i nail it you nailed it. It's pretty yeah, good for an nice. X-I-A-N word. In Xi'an province, uh, a medical app failed. So they have like um, like a app passport type thing that probably lets you leave your house and like be a living human. Thank you, government. Uh, this is China. <laughs> um, they mm-hmm. So their app stopped working. And so a lot of people were basically locked down again. And the extra wrinkle for it comes up in the middle of this clip, but this is a really good one. It's hilarious. Authorities in Xi'an apologized for the inconvenience and have said they're sending technicians to urgently fix the system. They're asking residents to please be patient. But according to a Chinese media report, the system's technicians are located in Xi'an. That adds another layer to the problem. All the people that can work on it are affected are locked, by down. locked out, so they can't even get in. <laughs> yeah, so basically this is like your uh, your vaccine passport on your phone, your little green QR code that you show everywhere you want to go, and that determines what you know who gets in and who doesn't. Um, and so they can't even like get into the place to fix the thing because they don't have the thing because it doesn't work. These are like the unintended consequences of totalitarian regimes. Yes. And it's really funny from the outside. Those people's lives are getting ruined. Um, All right. Well, that's it for our scary and funny. And really, I just want to go into uh, things that I don't really feel like they have homes. So it's called, Isn't That Something? How about that? How about that? Isn't that something? (laughs) The James Webb Telescope was deployed. So decades, um, well, decades ago, the Hubble was put up into space. And I mean, just the pictures we were able to see, you know, the, the, the going back in time we were able to get via the Hubble has been amazing in our lifetime. And they've been talking for, I don't know, I've been hearing about the James Webb Telescope feels like for at least 10 years. They've been working on this thing forever. They've had a lot of uh, launch windows. I think it's more closed. than 20. Probably. So yeah. they had a successful and launch on Christmas star? Day. Go ahead. Oh, that was a decollage. Decollage, liftoff from a tropical rainforest to the edge of time itself. James Webb begins a voyage back to the birth of... Pretty cool. Pretty cool, like, um, 
I'm just I'm I'm excited about the uh, images and like the the fact that like it does like it takes you back in time to see that old ancient old part light. of the galaxy. Yeah, that old light hitting us. Okay. Yeah, no, this is very very cool. We're supposed to be able to get within like a hundred million years of the birth of the universe. Uh, this, this that's how old the light we're going to be able to see, which is fucking like that's pretty wild. Wow. Um, we're not going to start seeing images from this for about six months. It has to get to where it's going and then it has to deploy it's like it's like folded up like origami so it has to sort of unfold it really is yeah yeah and deploy and then we should be able to start receiving uh data and images from this uh it's got a mirror it's got infrared it's got all kinds of cool stuff yeah um so yeah as we said it's been decades in the making um knock on wood all goes well Well, they made it into space thank god but yeah that's what happened with the hubble it got up there and they went to take a picture and it was blurry and the lens was off by like a thousandth of an inch yeah, um, they, they had to make figure out a way to fix that. But, in space, yeah. Um, so this, yeah, this is really that. cool. I'm, I'm really looking hole. forward to what what kind of uh, pictures and data we might get from this thing once it's deployed. For so. sure, for sure. Okay, yeah. these last two pieces of audio are completely homeless. That, like I said, I listened to 14 hours of podcast today. I I found them to be like gems that I found throughout the week. So maybe someday there'll be like a name for this corner of the show. But for now, just let me awkwardly play this piece of audio. <laughs> okay. uh, this is about uh, how Russia collapsed and perhaps like reframing a lot of our assumptions about it. Cause we think of it as like America won the cold war and I'll, that's enough setup. I'll play this here. But just one thing there, it, uh, the, the Russian uh, official uh, conveying of this view has at least the implication, and sometimes more than the implication, that we, the outside world, and particularly we, the other superpower, came in and broke up the Soviet Union. We didn't do that. They did that. The people of the Soviet Union did that. It was, uh, it was because of the internal rot of that system that it came apart. The people who, bo- who broke up the Soviet Union were Boris Yeltsin, Nazarbayev, Shushkevich, Kravchuk, the president uh, of Ukraine. Gorbachev. In fact, uh, our president, uh, George H.W. Bush, flew to Kiev, Kiev, as we then called it, in uh, July of 1991 to try to persuade the Ukrainian people, settle down, give this reformer in Moscow, Gorbachev, a chance. Uh, he's trying to make the Soviet Union a modern a normal civilized state and they and they basically said thanks president bush we're out of here that- because because they were um it was never considered like a real constitution but there was a constitution of the ussr and all its constituent states were were allowed they 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 agreed to be a part of the soviet union like we have a union of states in our in the united states and and that meant that they could leave if they wanted to uh well ukraine chose to leave because before that people forget this russia had like uh like the the effectiveness or it was effectively like um brexit but it was russia asking for um is it calling what's it called not a russia basically wanted to be um recognized as its own separate thing within Soviet Union. And they won like a, like a, they, they, and they, they had a referendum. uh, There was a referendum. uh, And, and so the result of that was the other countries were like, you guys are falling apart. They, uh, Gorbachev attempted to ban alcohol. Um, You know, (laughs) really bad idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and by 91, like, so, so yeah, that, 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 I mean, there was a lot of things that led to that. And the U S was playing dirty pool to make sure that they lost and that when they lost, they would be a third rate superpower. But, um, I, I don't know. Well, so, so this is getting a lot of play now because this is the 30th anniversary of the dissolution of, uh, the USSR. Um, it is revisionist history to say that, that the West was actively involved in breaking up the USSR. Although you could say, as you said, that perhaps behind the scenes, we were doing our best to see that that happened. Um, Tim Snyder had a great column a piece this week in his blog, um, sort of comparing um, the USSR 30 years ago to the U S currently, yeah. which is very interesting. I recommend checking that out. Okay. Um, I won't go that far into it here, um, but, but the parallels worth- are there. What's that? It's a stretch, probably, but the parallels are there. 
you you know he does a pretty good job drawing the lines i was yeah, like i know he's pretty alarmist though i mean i do like yeah, he him is. but it, yeah. he is but i i found that piece very interesting um but yeah i mean putin of course would still say that the the reason that it collapsed was the west and I, you know maybe he actually believes that i think the even one of the commentators on that podcast says that oh yeah um uh wait, but, can i play that hum, what's that can i play that yeah for sure okay here and they basically said thanks president bush we're out of here that's what happened. So this, this was a self-inflicted dismemberment of the Soviet state. And I think that if Putinism goes all the way, it will end up in the self-dismemberment of the Russian state. Good point, man. Thanks for saving that clip, by the way. I forgot <laughs> that was the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you end up listening to that podcast? That's the Lawfare podcast. You got me onto that. Yeah, I did. I did. Was good, um, and like I told you when we were texting, like this was called an archive, which I guess this um, the but, speeches here were done previously. But it was from like uh, last year. Yeah, I often skip the archives, but uh, this was a really good, was one. A good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, should I play this one about money laundering? It's kind of interesting. This was from so they had a the money laundering es- expert, yeah, on the intelligence, which is an economist podcast. So this is a major economic publication, right? A, a, yes. a, a periodical of note. <laughs> sure. So what Kenneth Richard will tell you is that the more compliance is imposed on the formal financial system by the authorities and more and more compliance is imposed every year, the more money launderers revert to the old school method of money laundering. You have placement where you smuggle the money into a tax haven. Then you have layering where you transfer it around amongst the different tax havens so that it loses its original criminal taint. And then you have integration where you're bringing it back into Western Europe or North America. It's so cleverly disguised that nobody would have a clue that it was once cocaine profits from the streets of New York, which went through a Caribbean tax haven, went through Panama, ended up in Taiwan, and then through the Middle East, ended up in the city in London. So so what they're talking about really in the show is about there's there's all this currency that we know is out there, but just isn't like visible on the books anywhere like we don't we don't know where all these billions and billions of dollars in currency so the people that don't know where that is are telling us not to worry about printing new money and that inflation's not a thing just keep that in mind sure sure um and so essentially what he's talking about here is criminal organizations laundering money um they they use cash because you know it's much easier to do that than to try to do it you know through a regular like digitally through a bank it leaves the country leaves the country they they launder it and then they can reinvest it in whatever they so it enables them to to launder the money essentially and what he is asserting is that essentially central banks the world round are complicit in this happening and that they're aware of it and that they have a uh, there's a reason they don't want it oh here's that reason here's that reason (laughs) Uh, pedestrian users of the stuff are all using debit cards anyway why keep printing the cash This is the $2 trillion question. Essentially, the reason why central banks keep printing cash is that it's very profitable for them to do so. Can you imagine why this is on my podcast? (laughs) ...is asking them to stop. The concept of central banks is they provide cash to anyone who wants it. Any bank that comes to them and says they want cash money will be provided with it. And the central bank will make a very big profit from doing so. And this is a function of governments that goes back a surprisingly long time. In fact, it's such an old concept that we talk about it in old French as seigneurage, the prerogative of the feudal lord. If you think about what a banknote is, all it is is a piece of paper with some numbers written on it and the amount of money it's worth is whatever that number happens to be. Producing a $100 bill costs approximately 14 cents, which means that the profit to the Federal Reserve every time that it produces one is $99.86. Essentially, if you think about what a banknote is, it's just a piece of paper that's only worth $100 or $50 or 500 euros because that's what's written on it. If you're being given that kind of money by someone just for printing paper, you're probably not going to ask too many questions yourself. Atlanta didn't ever burn. Atlanta was a false flag operation. And Abraham Lincoln was a crisis actor. Jesus Christ, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that, that, I'm going to insert the uh, Squidbillies conspiracy drop here because, like, <clears throat> that, I, that's... That, <laughs> I, I mean, I get that they're talking about something very, like, elementary there, but... Um, yeah, and I think that there are definitely economists who would say that the central bank isn't making $99.86 for every $100 bill it creates. Um, but there, there's different ways of looking at this. Uh, this is one. 
it's it is interesting the way they just sort of portray it as well that's what's happening here it's funny so he said that word signorage signorage he had a french accent i couldn't tell or something signorage Signorage, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. uh so if you go to the wiki page for that word uh in the opening like intro the last paragraph says signorage can be a convenient source of revenue for a government by providing the government with increased purchasing power at the expense of public public purchasing power it imposes what is metaphorically known as an inflation tax on the public. Oh, wow. Oh, this is all fucking just happens to be in this week's show. I don't know how that got there. Uh, oh, strange. Should we, yeah. Should we do a just asking questions to get the fuck out of here? Let's. All right. Uh, let me pick one of these one liners. I've got a business idea, Alan. Okay. Do three, tell. Three words. Non fungible. <laughs> non Fungible, fungible t-shirts oh i like it wait how does that work like you yeah. don't actually get a real t-shirt alan i'm the idea guy okay <laughs> talk to you later see you on friday cheers and drive safe that was God, fun it was fun i'm pooping right now is kevin mccarthy a moron and if so why i come without explanations or solutions ted cruz go fuck yourself read the news god bless the united states now this is podcasting